0: Welcome to episode 122 of Drew Sports Crew here on this Sunday night. Myself, Drew Skyberg, bringing you the news here right in the Wisconsin sports world. And look, I mean, it was just an eventful right past five, ten minutes here as the Brewers made their first round selection in the MLB draft. So why don't we tell the record on that on that note? And Bucks are also 2-0 in summer leagues. The other crazy thing we got to talk about. Uh, we have to talk about what what's happened. Uh, they resigned someone today. We'll talk about right. Jay Crowder was that guy, and um, a lot of news here in a time where it's like you know All Star Breaks coming up. It's like okay, is there going to be a lot of news? But then just like that, I mean, we we have some news we have to discuss. So it works out and scraping at the Brewers one nothing victory today right in Milwaukee. To wrap up here, the first half of well it's, it's the you know, the first half with the all-star break. Uh there. Um it's crazy we're already at the all-star break. But all right, we gotta talk about that. Uh, as you see in the thumbnail, Marjan Bochamp has been on fire, right? He's made great offensive strides so far in year two. We'll touch on that. But hey, right, Brewers and Bucks. Keep it simple today. Um and then all right also my all-star predictions is gonna be discussed as well, I think. Um but at Drew Sports Crew, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. All right, you'll find content there. Drew Sports Crew on YouTube and Facebook as well. I'm also on Threads. Maybe I'll, I'll add that, of course. Uh, I'll talk more about that being on Threads now. I can check that out. And then also, right, Twitch, at Drew Sports Crew. And then also, Kick, at Drew Sports Crew. It's a new stream platform. You can check. You can li- listen live on there as well. All right, a lot of ways here to listen. And with that, you know... um Let's get right into it here and thinking, do we want to start bucks or brewers? I think we'll go right away to brewers here because as I said, they just made a selection. We'll start there before we go to week 15 Uh, and uh, we'll, we'll start right. I mean, they got right now. I'm looking at lb.com. They have listed as 25th overall prospect Brock Wilkin. That's who they get a third baseman, which He's good to see, right? We saw Eric Brown go last year, a shortstop. We right now we saw see Jacob Mazurowski being a top guy from last year's class. Who's ascended through the Brewers system. But Tyler Black is an individual as well, a power hitting second baseman who they drafted a few years back, who now actually is a top hundred prospect. So the Brewers farm system, right? Once again, has gained some relevancy, but the draft here, another great time to add to that. Brock Wilkin, a third base prospect, Um, from Wake Forest, holds the Wake Forest all-time, or not the Wake Forest, but rather the ACC as a record for 71 career home runs. With that, and so power, right, power is a part of his game. 6'4", third baseman, he's a, bats right-handed. And right, looking at the grades, too, a big thing of his game has been home runs. Um, And another thing, too, is with the arm, the arm stands out on the, 2080 scale is 65 on the arm so um i mean if you think about the milwaukee brewers third base has not been a strong suit for this team for a long time um aramis ramirez ring a bell right i mean if we want to go back to when they've had a when we we would say like an all-star caliber third baseman you know it's it's been a while and you certainly want want to change that. And I think it's Brian Anderson. I mean, Anderson's a league average guy at best. Um, so when, and and again, when you draft a a guy at at third base, usually these third basemen tend to tend to stay relatively close where we get like shortstop and second base is where sometimes we'll, we'll get some changes there, but, um, you'd imagine, right. Speed's not a strength of this guy's game, a 30 on the 2080. Um, but I certainly would think, right? He's he's destined to stay at third. But a big thing with the game or with his game is right. It's the power. But he also has like, like he gets on base. I mean, he walks. Finished finished um, with 69 walks last season, and um, he's young. You know, is the other thing. He's ready. He was still into college, but he's 21 now. So not like as young as maybe a prospect you would want. Right? Not a high school guy, but certainly brings. Right. When you get when you get these college guys, we look at the ETA, at right, The S3 time of arrival for, for guys like this. And those college guys often have right, we we expect them to come quicker. So hopefully Wilkins can bring help, you know, quicker. I, I wouldn't like think next year, but certainly depending on how this guy performs, where he gets sent, certainly you could put late twenty twenty five on the table, twenty twenty six, you know, for guys like this. So we're definitely hoping we see Wilkins soon, right? When I say soon, I I, I suspect it being um, in two years from now. And, um, yeah, it, it's exciting, right? You always love these first-round selections. Um, I always tend to, for me, it's like the first five rounds or so. Um, but after that, right, you get into some guys who, right, they. it's not that these guys aren't capable. They're certainly, they're certainly capable. I mean, like, We've seen a lot of lot of late round picks do a lot of great things. Right. We have told we've seen it. Right. There's all the undrafted stories, the eighteenth round guys in, in baseball, at least for sure. Um, in any sport, let alone the undrafted guys. But in baseball, it just depends on like what guys do people see have like the least amount of risk, right? So and that's where I think we see Bruce Dick Wilk. I think positional needs a big thing, which you don't look at really in baseball, but I do think like for a guy of you know, with a 65 arm and not fast, right? He's he's pretty destined to be a corner corner infield, right? whether it's third or first base. He's he's pretty destined on that. So um good to see that, right? Brock Wilkin, welcome to the Milwaukee Brewers. Hopefully, they get him signed is the big thing. But I want to touch on that here to start. Also, let's go through then, right? How did this past week at Brewers baseball go? Right, I mean. It feels like it didn't go that well, but when you look at it, right, you got to be quite pleased with the results if you're the Milwaukee Brewers. Um, It it feels frustrating. You you almost feel like you could have had a sweep against the Cubs, four game sweep there. They win on Monday. They lose seven to six. Right, it was pretty frustrating. Two questionable sends by uh, by laying at third there. Um, An eleven inning loss there. They lose on Wednesday. Uh Williams gets a blown save there. And then they win on Thursday, which that win on Thursday was huge. They win on Friday. And then they lose Saturday. Ellie de la Cruz does Ellie de la Cruz things. And they win Sunday, one nothing. I was I was there at that one. Wade Miley pitches an absolute gem. Right. And the bullpen does well. Piguero and Pyomps do great things as always. Definitely guys who you could you'd be like, maybe all stars, but um there's a lot of great great talent in the league and there's already some guys who it, I feel potentially were snubbed. So, um, just looking at that, you know, the the bullpen does great things there. They shut down a great offense there on Sunday. So I, I mean, I you gotta be happy with, with the results there actually throughout this week, right? A four and three record against division rivals only a game back now of the Cincinnati Reds. Right. Um, so I think that's that's good to see. And, right, Christian Yelch continues being hot. So far right now, not an all-star still. Corbin Burns does get named to the team, which by surprise, I I, I did mention, you know, um, he could sneak in there as an all-star just based on, like, name, right? And player voting was a big thing this year. And we saw guys, you know, get in, like, like Harala Perdomo there with Arizona getting over, like, Francisco Lindor. Even though the war, right? If you look, if anyone sat down and looked at the numbers, you're like Lindor's a Lindor clear cut, but what we're what we're seeing is right. Th- this influence of player voting with replacements is really driving some guys who uh, maybe sh- if you look at the numbers shouldn't be in the game. But um, so far, you know, look looking through it, I maybe Elch gets in last minute. I don't know how more last minute we'll get. Game is two days away, so kind of just monitoring that we've seen again, some guys get replaced. I'll go through their actually the replacements right now. Um, like Kodai Singa for the Mets was added. Um, Alex Cobb was added, Devin Williams, right? We, we saw, he's not going to be pitching there in the game. Corbin Burns was added to replace Spencer Strider was what we saw. But so far, like with the reserves, I mean, it's with, just with the nature of having right, a lot more pitchers on being able, unable to play rather than hitters, you know? So that's kind of what we've seen. So we already saw Castiano Soto, like Gurriel, those guys were named to the game. But uh, no outfielders haven't um, – right, right now it looks like they're still playing basically. So we could I, – I would think Yelich is next up in the outfield for sure with the season he's had so far. And right to piggyback right off of that point, he has – he's back to – twenty. he has 2019 or first half numbers – or 2018 first half numbers I believe. 18 is the right year there, um, right? He's right up, right up to how he's been performing. That with more steals here, has a double and a run score today as well, um, and the numbers: OPS of 8.34, OPS plus of 129. He's significantly above league average there. Um, right, the average is up to 285. Powers back, 11 home runs, maybe not to like that 2019 level. It was like 40 plus there, but he's up to 21 steals. He he has a shot. Right, I mean, twenty thirty is definitely in the question, right? Twenty forty, if you want to say it like that. But what if he, what if he goes thirty thirty? You know, it would take yeah. mo- a lot more home runs here, as we're a little over halfway. But you certainly can't like say it's not possible, right? So I, I think with the Alex, that's been the big thing. If he keeps up how he's been doing, hopefully we can see the average soar over three hundred there. Um, but otherwise, Winker. Um, it felt like, you know, the game today with Winker, um, I don't know if stats are in right now, um, based on what I'm looking, if they're in for today's game, I think they would be, but, um, thing with Winker was, it felt today was a game, especially like fighting, fighting for the DH spot. Still, um, you know, he delivered with that single and a walk. Um, you certainly think though there might be a change here coming up, um, I'll bring it up again. Keston here continues to swing a hot bat in in AAA, and um, certainly is something that we're going to keep monitoring. Right? Is he going to be called up? Could happen. You know, anytime now. It feels um, just based on how he's performed for sure. Uh, but I mean, overall the offense—it's been Yelchly in the way, and it's been just guys getting timely hits. Adamus has a big series, up to sixteen home runs now, forty-six RBIs, so he's quietly. He's quietly playing better, I'd say. Um, and then Contreras, uh, we're, we're, the, the power for him has been. I mean, we talked the first five, six weeks, the power just wasn't there with Contreras. Even extra base hits weren't coming along. Now he's up to 14 doubles, nine home runs, even a triple that I'll add with that for those extra base hits. Slugging now up 426. So it's bad. You know, um, he, he's rebounded nicely from that. So looking through the first half, really offensively, it's. It's been those it's been Contreras and Yelch leading the way and it's been just timely hits from right guys like Adamus who have who has heated up when Tarang was hot. It was Terang leading the way there. Um and then just Weimer being timely, right, hot. Um it's been a a group of streaky hitters that just have made it work, right? It's been you can't really say nobody's been like Mr. Consistency, right? It feels so that's been just interesting to see for this team, but Yelch leads the way, of course, with war 2.5 war. Adamus is second with 1.5. So Yelch has right when I've done this war reporter, however you want to call it. It was it was interesting at the start of the year it was like Contreras. And like there's just a bunch of guys jumbled up together. And now Yelch clear cut by one war. Right. One win above replacement. And then Adamus 1.5. Contreras, 1.5. Piamps 1.3. Weimer 1.3. Driven heavily by defense for sure. Wade Miley, who pitched a gem today on Sunday, 1.3. Devin Williams, 1.2. Corbin Burns at a one war. So, again, I talked about this last week. It's crazy to look at it, but if you told me that Wade Miley was going to have a higher war than Corbin Burns at the start of the year, I think I'd disagree. I think you all would. Um, if you told me that Joel Pyumps was going to have the highest war as a reliever um, at the start of the season. I would have disagreed, right? I mean, there's things like this that it's baseball, right? It's Pyamps has a higher WAR than Williams by 0.1. Isn't that crazy how baseball works? It is, right? Um, So you would have told me that Rowdy Tellez wouldn't even be on this list, I would have disagreed. You know, In, in the top 12 players, right? If we look at that, or top 10, however you want to put it, he does not make the list, right? Baseball Reference breaks this all down for you. It's a great website, so... Um, you can you can of course look all at this as well. They do a nice game flow as well with that, but it just blows my mind, right? That's baseball. Crazy things happen, and it just you never know before the year. You certainly feel it's only a half of a season, so there's there's a whole another half left. So we still think right, 162 game season, still a long time, but just in this first sample size we've seen. There's been a lot of key things that you would not have predicted. They wouldn't have been on the bingo card, you know. You wouldn't have. You wouldn't have had thought that would have been a good thing to have. Um, so, I don't. You know, I blows my mind there, but um, bullpen certainly has some help here with the, with the, Uribe coming up here and he right, had two strikeouts yesterday, uh, but just monitoring that, uh, and that's my that's really my brewer. Um, Talk this week, All-Star Game Tuesday, and um I have the NL winning and then home run derby tomorrow. I want I'm filling out my bracket. I have not done my bracket yet, but I'm excited for it. Home run derby for me is always a joy. Um I don't want to go Luis Robert winning at all at the one seed there. I honestly wanna, you know, I'm looking at P Alonzo for sure in it. Um just the way he takes like how serious he takes the home run derby certainly makes him a favorite for me. Um, but I love the all-star game. It honestly, I th- I think the baseball has got it done. Like I think it's the best, best all-star game, um, for sure. But yeah, it's Luis Robert and Adley Rutschman, Adolis Garcia, Randy Aris- Rosarena, Mookie Betts, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Pete Alonzo and Julio Rodriguez. And I'm definitely, I think I'm going to go Alonzo winning to all, but I do like, so I think I got Robert moving on for sure. There in round one. But then, honestly, I think I have Adolis Garcia in the finals against Alonzo. I just think he's he's gonna do well in this. I like. I mean, Texas already's ruling the AL side, but I think Adolis Garcia what he's done offensively. I think he's been completely underrated there. The biggest toss up for me is Mookie and Vlad, right on that for the first base. I Vlad just doesn't like. He certainly could do it here, but like he hasn't hit a lot of home runs, power. Like The exit VLO is there, and I can't really use cast here on this, but I don't know. i got to think more about that, but I definitely have Alonzo winning it for sure. Um, but I'm looking forward to this. It's going to be so much fun tomorrow. Um, All-Star game, I'm going at all. But there's a Brewer Talk um, week, right, week 16. It's the All-Star game stuff. So Brewer Prediction will be out Wednesday or Thursday. One of those. Type. I'm thinking Wednesday. Friday through Sunday then is a three-game series at Cincinnati, a huge one. Watch it this week. Let's go to the Milwaukee Bucks here. Transition over to the fact that we had some signing take place this past week. To start, we celebrated the Chris Milton signing. We celebrated the Brooke Lopez signing. Robin Lopez is back with Milwaukee. One-year, $3.2 million contract. Totally fine with me. Backup center spot. Malik Beasley comes along. Backup guard spot. This was a spot where I was kind of wondering what they were going to do, right? Um, it looked like they, they would have relied on Marjan Beauchamp in a, in a heavy heavy backcourt role on the bench if the, they did not sign a guy like Beasley. Beasley fits what this team needs, and a nice shooting presence. Um, and Love the signing there. Uh, one of your $2.71 million contract. Um, certainly seemed like a team-friendly deal. Um, definitely aspirations to win for Beasley there. A.J. Green gets a multi-year contract. Uh, I don't have the terms here disclosed, but uh, Green we saw with the Herd bouncing back and forth a little bit last year. Certainly serves as a scorer. I I don't know what kind of upside Green would have, but I think he's just certainly a guy you want to have back. Um, Did well with the Herd, and he he was solid fill-in on nights where guys weren't healthy back-to-backs. Uh, Etc. Uh, felt like Green was a good presence. They officially signed Andre Jackson. Um, love, love to have him. Right, it's been it's been fun so far in the summer league with him. Jay Crowder gets a one year deal. He returns with with Milwaukee. I do feel this move, right? I mean, we didn't see Crowder a lot last year, right? Could be because Coach Bud's decisions in the playoffs. But for me, it felt like Crowder almost got resigned. You know, certainly they want to. Um, they they right, we saw him, Roddy Brings as a, a defender um in prior years and with Phoenix and with Miami, you know, like other teams. But it almost felt like the organization kind of like was tied to him, right, with that trade, giving up five seconds. It was like we're not gonna let this guy walk without absolutely doing nothing last year and not playing, right? Um and it felt like the organization was like the front office for sure was like, you know, we're not gonna make this move look bad right you know, the move looks bad right now, but we're we're gonna double down and we're gonna sign him now and see how he performs. So I don't know. I'm I'm optimistic, but I certainly feel there's a that could be something that's going on here with Crowder. Chris Livingston, right? We talked the story here. Rich Paul, his agent, um waited, right? Basically told other teams, like, don't don't draft this guy. Um he's got a spot lined up with Milwaukee. He gets a four-year contract, 7.64 million dollar deal. Um I'm optimistic for this. I definitely am going to be watching the Wisconsin herd this fall, winter. He's going to be there. Um, I wonder, you know, I think he's going to be there at some, you know, at some point, but uh, I I want to see how, how he performs. Cause right, we talked again about this guy where right with how the game for him is, you know, if he has, if he has a good year in Kentucky, if he stays one year extra with Kentucky, he's a first round pick, you know, potential, potential lottery pick. I, and there's a lot of things that, right, depends on how he would have done. But he was in a good spot in the program, ready to assume a good role. He's only 19. You know, you it, you feel like it lines up where he might not be one and done then with Kentucky. So this is one I'm actually mon- – I'm really monitoring. It's not like the Yorgios um, – oh, well, well, we talked about this a few weeks ago, the, the pick – are they? I think it's Georgios Kalidakis. I think I got that right, um, but yeah, I did. Um, but I don't think it's like that. Where they drafted in the last pick and just to save salary, they had him on the the team. Um, I feel like Livingston has a real role um, carved out in the near future, and I certainly think there's some upside there. So that's kind of that's what happened with the signings. Let's go to Summer League. Bucks are two and zero. Oh. Uh, they right. They play July seventh versus Denver. They win that one. They play July eighth against Phoenix. They win that. Now July eleventh they play. So that's Tuesday at five o'clock on ESPNU. Then they play on Thursday four thirty on NBA TV against Miami. And the championship if they move to that July seventeenth, eight p.m. I want to watch that for sure. Uh, but. The the roster is so interesting. I've talked about this. It Vin Baker Jr., right. I'll just highlight some guys um who you all might be familiar with. Vin Baker Jr. Um, carves out a role there. Uh, former Milwaukee Panther, actually. So uh good to see that. Um he makes a team here. Um, Taco Fall is on the team. Lindell Wigginton, right? Another guy who had had a nice role at the Bucks as a, as a fill-in guy. Um Marjan Bochamp, who has made great strides. We've talked about Drew Timmy, also, right, Gonzaga. Um, He's on the team, A.J. Green, Andre Jackson Jr., Chris Livingston. We talked about Amari Moore. Those are some guys who headline the team. Going to game one there against the Denver Nuggets, right, the NBA champs. For, right, the Bucs, I talked about Marjan Bochamp, great strides offensively. He led the way, 23 points there. And then, right, Nico Mannion, uh, another guy on the team, um, had 16, and he was well known for his high school days. Um, if you recall that with him, um, but it's good to see him on a roster here. Definitely a great scorer, a great player um, there with the team, and now, and he he was with the Bucks again there in that first game. Um, but otherwise, looking through it, it was. Timmy had seven points in, in a smaller role. There, only playing twelve minutes there, but Livingston played twenty-five minutes, and they really they had him get a lot of workload there. Um, I, I definitely like Bo Marjan Bochamp. I think for him was just him being aggressive offensively. I think that was something that was like it almost felt like he was giving that like, giving that like that role to lead the offense. Uh, Twenty-three points, again, eight rebounds, two assists, a steal, and you know he looked like. He looked like a, a not like a new player, but like he he's really made great strides. I definitely like what I see from Bochamp. I think the Bucks are really banking on him being a guy that can rely on here in year two for him. So, really liked what I saw there um, with Bochamp. I think that's a big takeaway for me. Andre Jackson Jr. still um, in in his role right now. I mean, only six points. He he, a guy who has not been aggressive offensively. I'd say. Right, and it takes adjustment. We saw Wembenyama struggle in game one offensively. Um, he still did other great things, which alludes to Andre Jackson, 11 rebounds, five offensive rebounds of those 11. Two assists, one steal. So Jackson showing up in other spots of right, right the the stout sheet, which we love to see. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, Bochamp again, right? Seven for 13 there's 20 points there plus minus of a plus 11 he has a steal a block six rebounds one assist I mean that's definitely what we want to see for sure here with um with champ again staying aggressive making those strides offensively um I've been very happy with with again Bo champ I think he's been the greatest takeaway here for camp uh, taco fall quietly has a nice nice game uh 10 points seven boards three blocks Right, Taco Fall. Uh, good to see him in a in a Bucks uniform here in Summer League. A lot of fun there, but you know, just in summary again, um, the guys we're going to keep monitoring is Andre Jackson, Chris Livingston, and Marjon Beauchamp. I think those three right away are the ones I'm monitoring. Um, and so far, we've seen great things for Beauchamp Want to see Livingston and um, Jackson Jr. be more aggressive offensively. And just keep, you know, getting familiar here with the game. Um, Jackson's done great things off the ball, for sure, and that's that's what we want to keep seeing. So that's where I'm at with the the summer league of bucks here. But overall, I've been quite pleased. Two and zero, right? There's nothing, you know. You, you love to see that, and you love to see the Lopez brothers back. But the last point I wanted to touch on was the this roster is running out of spots, right? The the NBA roster is. For the Bucks, you, right now, they're at the point where they signed Beasley and Livingston Crowder. The Nassis has not been re-signed. I think there's only like a spot left they have. And you feel like there's still some more or maybe even with Crowder now. Um, my point being said is you feel that there might be a trade coming on. Um, is Grayson Allen a part of that trade? All right, We know Javon Carter has gone, but there's speculation of Grayson and Allen being traded earlier right in the year during the trade deadline and whatnot. I think there's a shot that Grayson Allen are, and potentially could be trade. We saw the Drew Holiday room. I know I'm not buying any of the the rumors there, Um, but Grayson Allen is a guy who they could move, move on, Um, could, could get some decent value with how he's performed with Milwaukee. Right. I mean, just to talk about his contract here before we wrap up, it, it ends up being in a spot where, um, at two year, right? He's actually he's only got one year left, 2023, 2024, 8.5 million. So he's definitely right, I think he's gonna if he gets another contract with how he's performed with Milwaukee, he could be a guy who gets at least 12 to you know 15 million a year. Um, so I think you know, this team friendly deal right now for a season, a team would probably take that on, in my opinion. So um just monitoring that for sure. Uh, and with um, that contract, for sure, is a, is a thing that would be a huge driver for a team to take that. Bucks need to recoup some picks after that um, Jake Crowder trade. So, not saying they're just going to get a bunch of seconds. I prefer higher quality picks. I know pick swaps are right, the big thing here, so it could be some sort of a swap or a protected pick. But want to monitor that. So, um, just something here to wrap up. But that's all I got here. Hoping for a good all-star right break for Major League Baseball, home run derby. I might I might just post my bracket. I think that's always fun. So I'll check that out tomorrow. Uh, I'll I'll have a parlay up that I'm doing for the All-Star game on Tuesday. But yeah, Brewer Prediction Challenge will be up on Wednesday. And with that, have a great week, everyone. Go Brewers, go Bucks. That's gonna wrap it up here for myself, Drew Skyberg, on this Sunday night. Thank you all for listening to another episode of Drew Sports Crew. The perfect podcast for you.